0: Hey there, all of my future paleontologists. I hope you all are doing well. I hope everybody is uh, staying safe. And I hope you are all studying your dinosaurs. I'm Dinosaur George, and I'm so glad to have you with me. Today's uh, podcast is going to be exciting because this has been one of the most requested one of the most requested feature creatures I've ever done, and that is Carnotaurus. Wow, a lot of you have requested Carnotaurus. So that is the feature creature for today. Before we get started, let me just say this. Our podcast is now listened to in 74 different countries across the world, and we've had 29,000 people listen to it. So I am so excited. Well, I say 29,000. We've had 29,000 people download and listen to episodes. If you Once you've downloaded it, you might listen to it 10 times, 20 times. So that number could be way more than that. But the reports that I get just show me every time somebody listens to one of the podcasts for the first time, I get the number. And that number right now is we've had 29,000 people. Listen to this podcast, and I receive so many kind emails and messages from you all, and I'm so glad you like this podcast because I enjoy doing it a lot. I used to do a podcast for adults, and you can still hear that podcast. It's if you search Dinosaur George, not Dinosaur George Kids. Now, that podcast was fun. That one I interviewed a lot of scientists, but the subject matter wasn't as interesting to the younger people as this one is. So I hope you are enjoying this podcast because I am having a great time. Next, our Patreon club is growing like crazy. So many new Patreon club members. I hope that if you are interested, you will consider becoming a Patreon club member because we get to do some pretty cool stuff. You get the opportunity to um, uh, do lessons. We do uh, two lessons a month, depending on the club Membership that you choose. If you are a raptor or a T Rex club member, then you get two lessons each month. If you are a Triceratops member, you get one lesson. But Triceratops members, the cost is $1 a month. So it's a good deal. To be a raptor club member, the cost is $5 a month. And if you choose to become a Tyrannosaurus member, that's $10 a month. Or if you pay for the whole year, you get a discount. And also being a T-Rex member, you get some extra special stuff, like, for instance, if your name is chosen, I interview you for a podcast, and you get to choose the who would Win battles. So I hope you'll consider joining the uh, Patreon Club because it is a lot of fun, and we have a great group all of the all of the members are so nice to each other, and everybody gets along great, and it's just a lot of fun. All right couple of shout outs. First one, this past weekend, uh, what is today's date? Today's date is March 29th, 2021. This past Saturday, I was invited to do a birthday lesson for a young man named Jeremy. Jeremy and his friends and his family. I had the best time. Jeremy, I still don't believe you are only seven years old. I think you're 50 years old. Very smart young man, very proud of you. I had so much fun, and I enjoyed meeting your family and and teasing your uncle. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was a lot of fun. And then I got an opportunity to do a lesson for, this is a school, I've done this school twice, their letters are N-Y-O-S, and that stands for not your Ordi- Not Your Ordinary School. It's a very, very cool school. Students were so much fun. You guys were great. So a shout out to all of you at NYOS in Austin, Texas. I hope you enjoyed the lessons as much as I enjoyed teaching you them. And then I got to speak to an elementary school in Old Bridge, New Jersey called Voorhees Elementary. You guys were also a blast. I had such a great time. So if you would like to have me speak to your student, your class or in your school, or if you just want to have your own Uh, your own private lesson. I hope you will consider uh, bringing me in. All right, let's jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page and see what's been going over there. We're going to start with Grady, who's 12 years old, sent me a cool picture of a Diplodocus, named it Dirk, Dirk the Diplodocus. This is great, Grady. This is a really cool Diplodocus. I really like how long you made its neck because it's very accurate. That was great. And thank you for posting that picture. It was absolutely awesome. Next, um, let's see. Max, age eight, is from the Philippines. And Max sent a bunch of pictures of all the different dinosaurs that he drew. These look amazing. These look amazing. These are great. Look at the color patterns. You, you, oh, that looks like an ankylosaurus. Uh, Indoraptor, you did a good Indoraptor. You did a Dilophosaurus. Boy, that's a scary looking thing. You even set up kind of a cool thing with your toys and drew images of them behind. That's a neat diorama. That's very neat. Uh, there's Indominus Rex. Those were absolutely excellent. Nice job, Max. I'm very proud of your work, and thank you so much for sending those to me. All right, let's see. Who else said something? Let's see here. Oh, by the way, I posted that last Saturday we did that free lesson for everyone. It was great. A lot of you turned out for it, and it was absolutely great. I got some great messages I got uh one from Agnes who was nice enough to send it to me and and say or her mom was nice enough to send it and say that that she really enjoyed it um uh met man, so many of you so many of you had so many nice things to say about it let's see uh Molly that was the first time Molly got to join us and and uh she enjoyed it. Thank you for letting me know mom um <laughs> katie uh will we'll see. Thank you that your kids enjoyed it and had fun. Uh, Megan, I'm glad uh, Xavier enjoyed it. I'm glad uh, Baker and Esme enjoyed it. Uh, Emilio, my buddy Emilio, who had to sit in at a tournament, watch his sister play basketball. His sister is an amazing athlete. Emilio, I I hope that uh, – I know that you wanted to join it, but that's okay, buddy. Supporting your sister is very important. I'm glad. Ben and Emily liked it. Thank you, guys. Reuben and Hugo had a good time. Alex enjoyed it. Mallory enjoyed it. Noah had a good time. And J.W. Thomas wrote, It's always a great time with these lectures. I really enjoy seeing all of the big Dino fans out there. J.W., I'm right there with you, buddy. That is the best part of how much fun we have. And then Owen is uh, wearing a Triceratops on his head. So thank you, Lauren, for posting that picture. That was good. Zach, my little bro, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, August, I'm glad you had a good time. Isidro, so glad that you enjoyed it as well. So I'm glad that all, and and, uh, Fasuki, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it as well. I'm so glad that all of you joined it. That was very cool. Okay, uh, let's see. Speaking of little Agnes, she sent some great pictures from the Burke Museum of Natural History in Seattle, Washington. She sent pictures of all the cool stuff, and she made it a point to send me a picture of an Allosaurus versus a um, uh, Stegosaurus, because she knew Allosaurus was my favorite. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sending me that picture. That was great. And let's see, Fusuki sent really, oh, these are great. He took his dinosaur toys, and he set them up uh, to show, like, dioramas, and they look so cool. That looks great. Let's see, Xavier... Wanted to share a T-Rex. He painted at a pottery place. Hey, nice. And man, did you make it look scary, Xavier. Wow. Red and black. Those are warning colors for all animals to stay away. I like this very much. Congratulations, buddy. You did a very good job. And let's see. uh, Devin, age five, sent me a picture of Utah Raptor with pterosaurs cleaning his mouth. That was great. Devin. Devin. I'm glad you did that because in the in the podcast where I did about Utah raptor I asked everybody to draw that picture and post it and he did it and that looks great Devin thank you very good drawing I like that a lot I like those big claws too by the way Okay let's see um uh Darko 6 years old says I really enjoy your podcast it helps with the long drives I'm glad that you do uh, Darko, I'm glad that you enjoy them. A lot of a lot of you guys listen when you drive, and I'm glad that that you're doing that. That's really neat. Uh, says I'll soon be joining your T-Rex Club. Oh, that's very cool. I hope you do. And you drew a picture. You drew Dinosaur George versus Giganotosaurus. Now, wait a minute. You put a picture of me fighting a giganotosaurus. Okay, your colors are awesome. That dinosaur is awesome. But Darko, why? Why would you put me in there with a dinosaur that's going to eat me? Uh, You should have drawn a picture of me with my arm up so I could stink him out. That's really, really cool. I like this a lot. Great, great picture. And then Calvin, age four, uh, who is a huge Dinosaur George fan. Thank you, Calvin. I'm a big fan of your work. because Calvin posted a super cool ankylosaurus. That's really, really cool. Cool. I like that a lot. And then let's see. Zachary wants to know, why do dinosaurs have different roars? I love your podcast. Thank you. Well, that's very kind of you, Zachary. And I'm glad you do like them. Okay. Nobody really knows for sure how dinosaurs sounded. We don't know. But in the animal kingdom, different species have a different kind of voice because they have a tendency to want to talk to members of their own family groups. So, for instance, deer sound different than elk, moose sound different from buffalo, and that's so that they can tell each other apart. So, my guess is, because I do believe dinosaurs made noise, Zachary, my guess would be that they had different sounds so that when they communicated, uh, they they uh, they knew who they were talking to. So, that is so cool. Um And I'm so glad that your whole family loves listening to the podcast, but especially Zachary, who's four years old, listens at every opportunity. Well, Zachary, I hope you get to hear this one because I'm giving you a shout out. I'm giving your whole family a shout out. What do you think of that? All right. Uh, This next one says, hi, I'm Elias, five years old, and I want to show you. I drew a picture of a triceratops. I love it. This is really good. You've got the right number of horns. You have the the shield behind its head. You have the, the legs. Oh, it looks very good. This is very, very good, Elias. You're a better artist than I am, buddy. So I'm very proud of you. This is great. And then, uh, let's see. I sent this picture of uh, me sitting on the nest of saltosaurus eggs. Okay, are you are you a saltosaurus? Or are you a... Oh, wait, that's you! Uh, Why are you sitting on saltosaurus eggs? Um, If you are sitting on them to keep them warm, that's very nice. If you're sitting on them to uh, crush them because you got mad at a saltosaurus, you better get out of there, kid, before mom or dad shows up. (laughs) That's very, very cool. Okay, here's another one. This is from Kim. Hi, Dinosaur George. Our whole family has been enjoying listening to your podcast, especially our eight-year-old dino lover named Henry. Henry wanted me to share this drawing of a Utah raptor with pterosaurs that he drew after listening to the Utah raptor episode last week. Congratulations, my little friend. I am so proud of you, Henry. That is a great drawing, too. And you really went all out, Henry. You have background. You have plants. You have the sun. And you have a pterosaur sitting on the back of that Uh, Utah raptor, and I believe this would have happened time and time again. So to all of you and your family, thank you guys for listening. And Henry, that is a beautiful, beautiful drawing. Okay, let's see. Uh, This one comes from Jake. And Lily thought it was cool that killer whales lived alongside Megalodon. That is kind of cool. They were wondering if you know what animal species had survived the longest through time and what dinosaur species survived the longest. Wow. Wow. This is a good one. Okay. The animals that have survived the longest through time have been insects, shrimp, crabs, sharks. Those have been around, but the super longest, I believe would be crabs. I think crabs have been around the longest because crabs were in the ocean before insects were on land. So my guess is going to be crabs. And as for what dinosaur species survived the longest, I believe that goes to Iguanodon, because Iguanodon was in the late Jurassic all the way to the end of the Cretaceous, or at least the middle of the Cretaceous. And I believe that one holds the record for being around the longest. And then finally, they posted a picture where Jake used sun-sensitive paper and put his mini dinosaurs on it, and so the sun changed the color of the paper But it left the outline of the dinosaurs. This is really cool. I've never heard of sun-sensitive paper. But if any of you want a cool thing, it looks like what happened is Jake probably laid the paper outside on the sidewalk and put his toys on it, left it in the sun, let the sun do its work, and then took the dinosaurs off and got left behind a pretty cool print. So that, my friends... Um, that, my friend, oh, you know what? Let me make sure I got this. You know what? I don't remember. Caleb wanted to know if the fossils in my collection are real or replicas. I can't remember if I answered this for you, Caleb. So I'm going to go ahead and answer this again. Yes. Uh, the fossils in my collection are both real and replicas, but the majority of them, the majority of them are replicas because. Real fossils are very rare. Um, the, if I owned the real fossils, then the science community wouldn't have the opportunity to see them because they would be sitting in my house or in my traveling museum. And so that would not be for me personally. I, I don't do that. Now, I do have real fossils that are small, but they're not scientifically important. They're not super rare or anything like that. So the majority, what I carry when I travel is I I travel with replicas, but they're actually molded off of the piece. So when you look at them, you can't tell the difference until you go pick it up and you go, oh, this doesn't weigh as much as I thought. That's because it's probably a replica. So I, I use replicas for three reasons, how much real ones are cost, how important they are to science and how easily they break. If I was driving around with my trailer filled with dinosaurs and they were the real bones, by the time I would arrive for my next exhibit, I would have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of broken bones. So I use replicas. All right. And then finally, let's see. Um, I want to I wanna make sure. Now, I want to make sure, uh, Cadence, I don't remember if I responded to this or not, but because you drew such a great picture, I'm just going to respond again just in case I didn't. So... It says, this is from Cadence's mom or dad. Thank you, Dino George, for your fun podcast. Well, you're very welcome. My daughter, Cadence, wanted to take on your challenge and show you that she drew a Utah raptor with a prehistoric bird cleaning the teeth. That's great. My girls have been obsessed with dinosaurs ever since you taught our homeschool group. Thank you for teaching them so much. It is absolutely my pleasure. And Cadence, this is a beautiful drawing. And and if you haven't listened to the Utah Raptor podcast, I hope you do, because I gave everybody a project, and that project was to draw a picture of pterosaurs in the mouth of Utah raptors cleaning their teeth. Now, there's no fossil evidence to prove it, but I believe they did because we look at modern birds, and modern birds do that as well. They don't go into Utah raptor's teeth, obviously. But modern birds go in and clean the teeth of animals that would normally eat them, but they don't. And it helps the bird because it gets a free meal and it helps the animal because it keeps its teeth clean. All right, here is your project, listeners. Here is your project. Today's um, feature creature is going to be Carnotaurus. I want you to... Go on to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast. I mean, podcast. The Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. If you're not a member, go ahead and sign up. It's free. And I want you to post a picture of a drawing of a Carnotaurus or a picture of your toy Carnotaurus, if you have any. I want you to post a picture of a drawing of a Carnotaurus. It can be doing anything. It can be standing. It can be drinking. It can be running. It can be fighting. You can do whatever you want. But your project, everyone, is to make sure to go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. And if you're not members, kids, ask your parents if you can become uh, if they will join the group. And that's where you can post your super cool pictures. I want to see your Carnotauruses. If you have toys, I want you to show me your Carnotaurus toy. If you want to do it super cool, like some of the pictures that you'll see, go place them near plants to make them look like they're real. Those look so cool. So that's your project, everybody, for this podcast, is please post your pictures, your drawings, or pictures in a book. Or if you have any Carnotaurus toy, I want you to post them for everyone to see. All right. Let's take me, let me take a, take a short little break. Uh, this one is on the Patreon Club. I hope you'll consider joining it. So here we go. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. Your feature creature for this episode is Carnotaurus. Carnotaurus is immediately easily recognized by the two big horns on its head. It is the most unique-looking dinosaur I think there is. Let's talk about its size first. It's 8 meters long. That's 26 feet. It's about 8 meters. It's about 26 feet long. Medium. medium Medium-sized carnivore. Its height is 2.5 meters, or that's about 8 feet tall. So it's taller than most any human. It weighed 1.5 tons. That's still pretty heavy. It was found in 1984 in Argentina, which is in South America. It lived during the late Cretaceous between 72 and 69.9 million years ago. So it had died before the big extinction. They were gone by the end of the age of the Cretaceous. It is a biped, which means it walks on two legs Its name means meat-eating bull. That's what Carnotaurus means in English. And it was a carnivore. When you're a carnivore, you eat meat. Animals that eat meat are carnivores. Animals that eat plants are herbivores. Animals that eat plants and meat are omnivores. Animals that eat candy are candivores. So children are candivores. Tonight, when mom or dad or whoever in your family is going to make dinner, when they bring it to you, look at them and go, uh, excuse me, I am a candy vor. I have to have candy? Would you please bring me a Snickers bar and a glass of milk? Thank you very much. Now, of course, your parents are going to go nuts when you, when you say that, but for a moment, it's going to be hilarious. For a moment. Then your parents are gonna go. All oh, right, kid. You have to go to your room. No supper for you. And you'll be like, but Dinosaur George told me I'm a candyvore. And then your parents are gonna call me. Uh, Dinosaur George, did you tell my kid that my child is a candyvore? Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right. You're supposed to be omnivores or uh herbivores. People are supposed to be omnivores or herbivores. You don't get to be a candy Sorry, kids. Sorry to ruin your day. But you can't live off a candy. All right. Carnotaurus belongs to a group of dinosaurs called the abelisauridae. These are big words. But let me explain that. Because one day, you may look in a book and you may see that. You'll go, well, what does that mean? All right. Scientists divide things up into groups. We start with a really big group, and then they begin to make smaller groups. So let me give you a, for instance, a big group would be mammals, lots of mammals. They can't just say, okay, there's one group and it's mammals. Then they divide them into animals with hooves. They divide them into dogs, into cats, into um, uh, what else? They divide them into elephants because an elephant can't be in the same family as a rhinoceros. They're both mammals, but you see what I mean? You have to make the group smaller and smaller to fit them in. And the way you do that is it's something called comparative anatomy. And what those words mean are they're kind of sort of like each other. They have the same kind of bones. They have the same sort of skeleton and that's how they fit. So the word abelisoridae, There's a group of dinosaurs that fit within that family. Carnotaurus is one. Abelosaurus is one. Majungasaurus is one. So they, is it Majungasaurus or Majungatholus? I can never remember. That name got changed. I think it's Majungasaurus, but they belong to this group because they all have similar features. It is still a meat eater, so it fits into the family of theropods because all meat eating dinosaurs fit in that family. But it's not closely related to Tyrannosaurus rex. So Tyrannosaurus belongs to the Tyrannosauridae, and Carnotaurus belongs to the Abelosauridae. Those are kind of sort of the big family names. Now, the greatest thing about Carnotaurus, everything we know about it was found off of one specimen. But this specimen was so well preserved, it actually left the fossilized skin or the skin impression in the mud that covered it. And scientists were able to, at least they can't tell you the color, but they can tell you the texture. And they had small scales covering most of their body. Now, not a scale like a snake or a lizard, because those scales overlap. They means there's one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. That's not, you know what their skin really looks like. If you've ever seen a picture of the leg of a tortoise, that's what they kind of sort of look like. They had these overlap, I mean these, these non-overlapping scales, which means they didn't cover each other. And then they had some kind of big bumps along its side, which were body armor. This dinosaur skin had body armor in it. And what body armor is, you can call it a dermal plate. It's a piece of bone that's not attached to the to the skeleton. It kind of floats in the skin. It's like your fingernail. Your fingernail isn't connected to any bone. It kind of floats there. The skin holds it in place. Well, that's kind of sort of what these these um, uh, these dermal little scoots are, are for. And they're like body armor. If something tries to bite you, you actually want them to be able to move as the skin moves so you can't bite through them. So this guy had body armor, which is pretty cool. But the one thing it didn't have is it didn't have any evidence of feathers. So the idea that all carnivores, all carnivore dinosaurs had feathers, it may not be the case. Because this one, if there would have been feathers that would have been connected, they would have seen the spot where it connected into the skin. Like if you've ever seen an ostrich's skin, every place a feather connects, there's a little tiny dot. The same with a chicken, same with a duck, same with a turkey. So they actually have, th- you can see, even if the feather's gone, you can still see the little bump where the feather connected. And it didn't show any of these, so it doesn't look like Carnotaurus had feathers. It would be cool if he did, but he still look cool without them. So what and how did this thing hunt? Well, here's the thing. When the animal died, the spot in the brain or the skull where the brain used to be, the brain decomposes and rots. But it leaves a hole where the brain used to be. And then scientists, people like um, Dr. Uh, or Professor Larry Whitmer from uh, Ohio University, he's one of the paleontologists, one of the scientists that will take the skull of a dinosaur and put it through a CAT scan so they can see what the brain looked like inside. I don't know if Professor Whitmer has scan- a CAT scanned uh, Carnotaurus, but. by by looking at the shape of of the brain, because they can tell inside the skull where the brain used to be, by looking at it and comparing it to modern animals and to other dinosaurs that have been CAT-scanned, it suggests that they have a very good sense of smell, but not a very good sense of sight or hearing. So, it had an excellent sense of smell but not that good of sight or hearing. It also had an unusual skull, kind of a rounded snout, way different than other dinosaurs. Most carnivores have sort of elongated nose. Not this thing. This thing is rounded. Kind of reminds me of a bulldog or a pug. And its teeth are very unique as well. They're kind of peg-like. They're not thin and meat slicers. They kind of look like somebody took a pencil, kind of a rounded pencil, and put it in its mouth, and its teeth were kind of rounded. And its arms were absolutely tiny. The smallest arms of any dinosaur compared to its body size. It had four fingers. But listen, these arms were shorter than the arms of T-Rex. In fact, its little stubby fingers barely stuck out of the skin. It may not have even been able to move its fingers. And it doesn't even look like they had claws on them. This is an example of an animal that is losing its arms because it doesn't use them. If Tyrannosaurus rex would have lived another five or six or seven million years old, in my opinion, you would have not seen any arms at all. Because if an animal has something, but they don't use it, it slowly goes away. There is a a lizard or salamander called a blind salamander. This is an animal that lives underground, deep in caves, total darkness. There's no light whatsoever. It no longer has eyes because it doesn't need them. But all of its other cousins do because they live above the ground. So in this particular case, a salamander has lost its eyes because it doesn't have any use for them. And that's what I believe was the case with Carnotaurus. It simply didn't use its arms. They were going away. So when you take things like it had good sense of smell, but not good sight and not good hearing, it had a rounded snout with peg-like teeth, And tiny little arms. I believe Carnotaurus is an example of a true scavenger. I don't know if it was out actively hunting or not. And here's why to be a scavenger, you have to be able to travel a long distance. You have to be kind of small because if you're giant like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, you're going to burn up so many calories walking around. You'll, you'll starve to death. You can't find enough dead things. But if you are light and you're not giant, you can find enough dead things to survive. You're just big enough to chase away smaller predators that may have made a kill. And you may be big enough to even threaten a bigger predator that made a kill. You don't want to, but you could certainly try to scare them off. You see, if it had good vision, I would say then it's chasing prey. If it had good hearing, it would be listening for that prey. But the fact that it, it looks like its number one strongest sense was smell. If you want to find something that's dead, you have to smell for it. You can't hear it. And you can't necessarily see it. You got to smell for it. That's why I believe Carnotaurus may have been more of a scavenger. Its rounded nose is not well suited for grabbing and holding on to prey. It's just not as good. Kind of a rounded nose is not that good for that. A longer nose is great for grabbing and holding on. So one other thing, one other feature I want to talk about, and that's how long its legs were. It suggests that this may have been one of the fastest carnivores that ever lived because its legs are super long. But if it doesn't have good eyesight and it doesn't have good hearing, what is it chasing? Back to what I said. Long legs aren't necessarily made for running. They can be made for walking, but you're taking long steps, which means you're traveling faster and you're not burning as much energy. Maybe they're not running. Maybe they're walking in search of food. So remember, I gave you all a job, and that was to draw a picture Or post your picture of your toys on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Remember, if you do, make sure its legs are a little bit longer because it has longer legs than any carnivores. So don't look at a picture of a T Rex because its legs are not as long as Carnotaurus's. So, am I right about it being a scavenger? I don't know. That's my guess. The job of a paleontologist is to look at the evidence and try to make a guess. Now, you can't just make a crazy guess. You can't say, I think Carnotaurus flew because it had wings. Well, that's not accurate. We know that's not accurate. But by looking at all of the things about it, in my opinion, it's armored. Let's go back to that. Why would a meat eater want to be armored? Well, because if it's a scavenger, chances are its other brothers, sisters, and cousins are going to come try to steal its food, too. You're going to be fighting with your family. You want that body armor protection because you're going to be in a bigger fight. Other carnivores fight, but they got to be very careful. But if you eat things that are already dead, you don't have as much opportunity to eat. You have to stay and fight to keep your food or you have to fight to chase the other guy away. So having body armor means you're less likely to be injured if you've got that body armor. And how come it doesn't have feathers? Here's my opinion. It's probably sticking its head into the stomach of whatever it's eating to reach in there and get the goodies. Now, because it's sticking its whole head in there, you don't want feathers. Now, if its snout was long, a snout was long like a velociraptor, velociraptors can still have feathers on the back of their head because their nose is so long they could stick it in without sticking their whole head in there. If you stick your whole head inside to eat and you have feathers, your feathers are going to be covered in blood and they're going to stink to high heaven and you can't clean them. There's no way to clean them. So I don't think it had feathers because it's getting much closer and instead of ripping off chunks of meat, it's crawling right up on it to eat it. That's a gross, gross thing. But the final thing we have to talk about, Carnotaurus, the horns. The horns make it such a crazy, cool dinosaur. Those horns, I will tell you this, when you look at the skull of a Carnotaurus, it is unlike all other carnivores, because number one, it has that rounded head, it has a very powerful neck, and that, I believe, was to allow it to use those horns as its main weapon. It could come running in and knock you down with those horns. It could maybe knock over smaller prey, maybe it attacked bigger prey, maybe it wasn't a scavenger. But the horns are totally different. When you look at dinosaurs like Allosaurus, they have small horns on their head. When you look at Dilophosaurus, it's got a crest. If you look at Ceratosaurus, it has horns. But their horns are nothing like Carnotaurus's. Their horns do not appear to be made for battle. Even Allosaurus, I don't think, used the little hornlets on its head. I believe those were there to help other ones recognize who was who. Kind of show off. Carnotaurus's horns are there for a weapon, baby. And that, again, may be why it has that body armor on its side. Because if you're bent over and you're eating and one of your brothers or sisters or relatives comes up to take your food and it comes running with its head down, it's going to ram you in the side. That's why you want body armor to help kind of deflect the blow so it doesn't hurt as bad. So when you draw your picture of Carnotaurus, give him some big horns. Because those dinosaurs had very big, impressive horns. The horns were made of bone, but then there was a covering over them called keratin. That's what your fingernails are made of. The covering made them super hard and made them a little more sharp. They don't have super sharp horns. They're not trying to stab you. They're trying to knock you down with those horns. Some paleontologists think they only use them to lower their head and push and shove with their with their opponents not running and ramming into them but maybe just getting up next to each other and pushing and shoving that could be how they used them the neck is so well armored be, or so so heavily mus- muscled so that it could push and shove with tons of pressure all right my friends let me take a short break and when we come back it is we're going to do the ask dinosaur george questions <laughs> You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random, and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey, here's Dinosaur George. Hang on. Come over here, Dinosaur George. Say something, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Dinosaur George. Thank you, Dinosaur George. Thank you for coming by and saying hello to everybody. That was Dinosaur George. I should have asked him for his autograph. Wait a minute. I'm confused. Okay, let's get going. So... First question comes from Isaac, age five from Tampa, Florida says, I love your podcast and have learned about so many new animals. Isaac, I am thrilled to hear that. I'm trying to talk about as many animals as I can so that you guys do learn some new ones. I'm so glad, Isaac, uh, that you did. And, and listen, I, I've got to say this just, just because I always say you guys, but half of my Patreon club group, half of my friends are girls. I just say guys because that's what I've always said. So I don't want any of you young girls or young ladies to think that I am talking to boys when I say the word guys. It's a habit. I've been saying it ever since I was little. And so just if you ever hear me say guys, you all need to understand I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to your mom. I'm talking to your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, everybody in your family. I always refer to everybody as guys. I don't want any of you to feel left out. And that's why I brought that up. So Isaac age 5 from Tampa, Florida says, I love your podcast and learned about so many new animals. How big was Titanoboa and Archelon? Well, Titanoboa is a giant snake. And I did a podcast on Titanoboa. So if you haven't heard it, you guys need to go listen to it. I believe it was about 13 meters long. And that's somewhere between 40 to 45 feet. That's big. It's the length of Tyrannosaurus rex. And as for how big Archelon was, I think Archelon... I think Archelon is about 5 meters long, which is like 15 feet if you from, the, from his nose to his back. Archelon, of course, is the gigantic sea turtle. Those are really, really cool animals. So, Isaac, thank you for taking the time to write to me. I appreciate that very much. Next comes Grady, age 4, and Sawyer, age 6, from Cordova, Maryland. Hi, Dinosaur George. Do you know if dinosaurs pee? Well, yes, they do. They do. Well... Well, now let's hang on a minute. Let's hang on a minute. Dinosaurs are related to reptiles. Reptiles only poo, but their urine is in their poo. Right? No? No, birds do that. I'm sorry birds do that. But reptiles no reptiles can pee, right? Because I picked up I've picked up um turtles and they pee on me yeah so back to your question i do believe they probably did maybe i don't know that's actually a good question you boys actually stumped me so thank you for asking me about that that's actually pretty funny but that's a very very good question all right philip five years old from deerfield beach florida Hi, Dinosaur George. I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time. I am so glad, Philip. Here's a little shout out to you, buddy. Philip's question is, how did Carnotaurus end up with those tiny arms? Wow! if Carnotaurus had big arms, would it be like the Indominus Rex? Thank you so much. Uh, And thank you, uh, Philip's dad, for being nice enough to write that. That's very good. Thank you so much for doing that, Philip's dad. Is that his name, Philip's dad? Well, that's his name now. So, Philip's dad, thank you. Um, So, how did it get those tiny arms? Well, like I had said earlier, because it didn't use them, they continued to get smaller and smaller. If it did use them, they might have grown to be even bigger. So, if it did have big arms, it would kind of look more like Indominus Rex. It It would certainly look like a terrifying dinosaur, but I cannot say for sure how those would be used. It, it, it seems like its entire body would have to change, I guess. I don't know, but that's a, that's a very good question. What would it look like if it did have them? That's kind of cool. All right, let's see. Um, 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 um. Let's go to Anderson, who is a Patreon member. How big was Giganotosaurus? You know, Anderson, there's so many variations when you read how big it was. Some people say it was 40 feet. Some say 42. Some say 45. I think the standard that most people use is it was between 38 and probably 40 feet. I think that would have been about the size of it. It was big regardless. All right. uh, My Patreon friend, JW, this was a great question. How do ceratopsians run? Do they gallop or do they run like an elephant? This is a great question. I I enjoyed it so much. In fact, I answered JW when he sent it to me, but I, I wanted to read it again because it's such an interesting question. So for all of you, a Ceratopsian is any of those dinosaurs with horns on their head like Triceratops, Taurosaurus, Chasmosaurus, Protoceratops, Diabloceratops. Those are all members of the Ceratopsian family. Remember I taught you earlier about the Abelosauridae? Well, ceratopsians is one of those small groups that scientists separate. So how did they run? Well, looking at their skeleton, I believe they probably ran like a rhino. And what I mean by that is they're running, but at some point in time, its front two legs are off the ground and then its back two legs are off the ground. Uh, Elephants, when they kind of run, elephants kind of their left foot is down and their, uh, their left front foot is down and their right back, back foot is down. So they always have two feet on the ground opposite of each other. Whereas I think when rhinos run, I think it's the opposite. I think their front and back feet come off the ground at the same time. They don't gallop. They run. And that's what I believe they did. All right. Patreon member Henry, why does Spinosaurus swim in the water? Well, Henry, it appears that Spinosaurus was better suited for eating fish. And so they swim because that's where they find their food. Good question. Uh, Okay, Polly, age 11, from Austin, Texas. Did birds really evolve from dinosaurs? Yes, Polly, they did. Remember how I said scientists put things into family groups by similarities? You can look at the skeleton of a bird and you can clearly see it came from theropod dinosaurs. It is a theropod dinosaur. It's a good question. Joel, age seven, from Washington State. Dinosaur George, thank you for your podcast. I listen to it every night. Good. Joel, thank you so much, buddy. Did Megalodon and Mosasaurs live in the same time period? They didn't, Joel. They didn't. Megalodon lived during the Miocene, and Mosasaurs lived during the Cretaceous, separated by 30 or 40 million years. And Joel, turn off the light, turn off the podcast, and go to sleep. It's late. (laughs) I'm just saying that. I'm glad you listen to the podcast at night, Joel. I'm so glad you do. All right. Uh, Dylan, age 10, from New Jersey. What was the first dinosaur? Dylan, this is also a tough one because first, we don't know if we found every dinosaur, but also it's because when we do find them, we cannot say for certain who was the first. My guess, it's going to be either Herrerasaurus or Eoraptor. Now, there were animals that came before them that kind of sort of looked like dinosaurs, but they weren't quite dinosaurs yet. So I believe it would be Hererosaurus or Eoraptor. They lived in the late Triassic, and I believe they are going to be the oldest. All right, Thomas, age nine, from right here in good old USA. Hi, George, I have a question for you. Why did birds, snakes, bugs, and more animals not die from the meteor? That's an excellent question. That's the mystery, Thomas. We do not know for sure why so many animals survived the impact. We know the impact happened. It looks all the evidence is pointing to the fact that all of the terrestrial dinosaurs died from it. The swimming reptiles and the flying reptiles died. We understand why they died. It's just a mystery why other things didn't. It's a great question. Unfortunately, Thomas, I can't give you the answer. All right. Benjamin, age seven from Vail, Arizona. Hi, Dinosaur George. I love your podcast. Thank you, buddy. What is my favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur is Allosaurus. And then, well, Benjamin, so is mine. So Benjamin's favorite dinosaur is Allosaurus and mine is too. And I'm glad we like the same dinosaurs. And then Benjamin says, can you please make a podcast about Ankylosaurus? Yeah, that dinosaur has to be next. I've got to figure out how to make him next. I have this list of all the ones we're going to talk about, and sometimes I change the list a little bit. So I'm going to try to do ankylosaurus. All right, finally, Devonch, age ten from uh from Plano, Texas. Were humans living when dinosaurs were? And did they both see each other face to face? Also, you are the best dinosaur teacher. What a nice thing to say, Devonch. What a what a very nice thing to say. Thank you, buddy. That's very kind of you. Um no, humans and dinosaurs did not live at the same time. We were separated by a tremendous amount of time, 60 65 million years, which is good cuz I don't know how we would have survived if uh if we would have lived alongside of the dinosaurs. All right. What do we have next? Everyone's favorite. Who would win? what if two different prehistoric creatures fought who would win t-rex versus a giant wolf raptor versus terror bird spinosaurus versus triceratops you choose the animals and dinosaur george will size them up and pick a winner now get ready it's time to find out who would win Who would win? All right. Now, to be able to submit a who would win, you have to be a Tyrannosaurus Patreon member. That's the benefit of being in the highest uh, group is that they're the ones that get to submit who who would win. So all of these are coming from all of our Tyrannosaurus Patreon members or some of our Tyrannosaurus Patreon Not all of them. I think we have like 90 members. All right. This one comes from Anderson. Who would win? Brachiosaurus versus Allosaurus. This is a good one because this is one that would have taken place. Same time period, same location. These animals saw each other. If it is an adult Brachiosaurus, Anderson, even though Allosaurus is going to be much faster and is going to be able to run in time and time and time again and slash with those claws and bite with his teeth, it's just that an adult Brachiosaurus is simply too big. Its skin is too thick. I don't think even Allosaurus could bite all the way through the skin. So if it's an adult, Allosaurus is going to give up. But if it is a young one, then Allosaurus is going to take on Brachiosaurus. One of the things that Allosaurus wants to do is grab Brachiosaurus by the neck and hold its throat shut so it can't breathe. And that's what it's going to try to do. And it would be able to reach the throat of of a young one. Couldn't do that with an adult. So I think Allosaurus is going to run in, going to use those powerful jaws to bite that poor little Brachiosaurus on the neck and probably win the battle. I hate to do that because I love Brachiosaurus, but these battles have to be as real as I can make them. All right, uh, Itamar. And you know what, Itamar? I don't think I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it Itmar? Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry, little buddy. And I know you told me how to pronounce it. I'm so sorry if I'm doing it wrong. I feel terrible about that. But you sent such a good one. Let's do it. Triceratops versus Ankylosaurus. Now, if two herbivores ever did fight, it's always going to be for food or water. That's what they're going to fight over. Those are the only two things they're going to fight over. They're not going to fight over territory. I don't think they were territorial. Maybe they were. Maybe they could. But Triceratops is going to be faster. It certainly has those giant horns. It certainly got power. But Ankylosaurus is a tank. Nothing, nothing is going to affect an adult Ankylosaurus unless, unless Triceratops can lower its head low enough to the ground to where it can get one of its horns between its back and its side. If Triceratops can get its horns there, Triceratops is going to win because its horns are long enough to penetrate the lungs. Or the internal organs. You know what? I'm going to give this fight to Triceratops. I believe, even though Ankylosaurus is armored. I think Triceratops does not have to run. I think Triceratops just has to get up close enough and lower its head. Could it put its head down low enough to ram those horns into the side of an Ankylosaurus? I think so. So in this particular case, I'm going to give that one to Triceratops. All right. Henry from New York City writes... Euoplocephalus versus Ankylosaurus. Man, you guys are liking these Ankylosaurs, Boy, this is kind of an even match, Henry. Ankylosaurus has the size advantage. So if that's going to do anything, that's going to give it an advantage to be able to swing that tail club and probably maybe even knock Euoplocephalus over. If Ankylo can flip Euoplocephalus over, game over. End of his life. In fact, Ankylosaur might have been able to come up, put its head down under it, kind of the way tortoises fight, and try to flip the other guy on his back. Ankylosaurus probably had the strength to do it. I'm going to give this one to Ankylosaurus. Now, Henry's brother, Hunter, who's also from New York City, says Spinosaurus versus Giganotosaurus. Love this matchup because it's so big. Spinosaurus certainly has the height advantage. Length advantage, weight advantage. But Giganotosaurus has a stronger bite force, in my opinion. They both have claws. They're both powerful. And if my friend Noah is listening to this podcast, Noah, I'm going to do the unthinkable. I'm going to take your advice of when you and I were talking, when you and I and JW were talking about the Tyrannosaurus versus Spino battle, You made some very valid points about those hands. Those hands on Spinosaurus, those claws were so big compared to Giganotosaurus. I think maybe it gives this dinosaur an advantage. And I'll say Spinosaurus is going to win that fight. That's a good one. All right. Um, Eli and Sammy. It's not Ellie, is it? No, it's Eli. Right? It better be Eli. And Sammy. Velociraptor versus Utah Raptor speed versus power. Velociraptor way faster, way faster than a Utah Raptor. Utah Raptor couldn't even keep up with that thing, but weapons, Utah Raptor holds all the weapons. The only thing Velociraptor could do is try to run and jump on its back, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to give this one to the brute of the bunch, and that's going to be Utah Raptor. All right, Caleb, Euoplocephalus versus Allosaurus. Again, another Ankylosaur. All right, I have to do an Ankylosaur with everybody talking about him. So Allosaurus and Euoplocephalus were separated. They never saw each other, but our battles can be anything versus anything. So in the case of this, even though I love Allosaurus and even though it's got some massive weapons— It would never have the power in its arms to flip Euoplocephalus over, and the only way it's going to win is by doing that. It's not going to win by biting it, because the body armor is going to break the teeth off of an Allosaurus. Allosaurus's teeth are not meant for that kind of battle. They're meat slices. They're not bone crunchers. My beloved Allosaurus would go down with one hit of that uh, Euoplocephalus's tail, It would shatter the the ankle or the leg of Allosaurus, and that would be the end of that. And if Allosaurus goes down, Eoplocephalus can work his way right up to the head and give one more devastating blow, and that would be the end. And here's the last one for this podcast. This one is from Bennett. Uh, Gigantoraptor versus Therizinosaurus. Claws, baby. Claws. I believe Therizinosaurus's claws give it too much of an advantage over Gigantoraptor. Gigantoraptor's big, but I think Therizinosaurus's claws are just simply too gigantic to be able to take on something or that would be able to defend itself. So I don't think there's any way, I don't think there's any way that Gigantoraptor is going to stand being in the ring with Therizinosaurus. All right, my friends. That's it for this podcast episode. Remember your project. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group and your project is to draw a picture or post a picture of Carnotaurus. Either draw Carnotaurus doing anything you want or if you have Carnotaurus toys, I want you to take pictures of your toys. You can hold them if you want, or you can set them up in a scene. And even if you have a book that has a picture of a carnivore, take a picture of you holding open your book. Whatever the case is, I love to see your artwork. We at this company love looking at all your pictures. I promise you, we look at every one of them. Podcast is now listened in 74 countries throughout the world. I'm very proud of that. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope you share it with all of your friends and your family members. I hope you will consider becoming a Patreon member. You don't have to. These podcasts will always be free no matter what. So I hope you will consider joining it. But if not, it doesn't matter. You're still my favorite people in the world. All right, my little friends, take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. If you are with your mom or dad or grandma or brothers or sisters right now, I want you to look at your parents and tell them you love them because parents need to hear it. They know you do, but they love to hear it, especially moms. So tell your parents you love them and tell them thank you for letting me listen to this podcast. And remember what I said you are candy avores. You have to eat candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs>